Hey, my name is Gavin, and I am the producer of Off the Notepad. Today, I just wanted to give all of our listeners a very special thank you. Without your continued support and listening, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So thank you, truly. Besides that, let's get right into the episode, and I will see you all at the break. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Off the Notepad. I'm Victoria D'Angelo. And I'm Halika Campbell. And you may not believe it, but we are the bestest creative writing majors in the entire world. I think the use of bestest proves that alone. If you Absolutely. don't believe it, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> oh, okay. So today on this episode, this very special episode is completely different um, than all the rest. I have a protagonist. Whoa, that's so different. I know. It's kind of crazy. I know we've never done this before. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to we're going to mess with we've sort of dallied around this character, but I think it's time that we go full send. Okay. Today, our protagonist is the loser. In the my loser. notes, my usually very organized notes, um, I have it written as an absolute disaster of a sentient being could not be more frowned upon by the general public, has an embarrassingly intense interest in something and usually gets too caught up in it to realize that the rest of the world has moved on without them. Their metamorphosis, be it from one loser to a bigger loser, or to something much more, is what defines their story. (laughs) I love it. I love this person. This is the A-plus protagonist. Yes. And I'm so excited. Okay. Let's see here. Give me two seconds. You're entirely fine. What is our audience going to do? Leave? (laughs) They're not allowed to. No, you already tuned in. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking this should be a... I think we're going to go for a female protagonist. Like, I'm thinking Carrie from Carrie, like, loser of the losers. Gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. How about this? How about this? Shut up. God, you're so rude. Not you. You guys are fine. (laughs) Okay, so our protagonist is found by a royal... This is, like, we can... can, so this can go one of two ways okay okay so this character is found by a royal council who a tells them they are a long lost prince or princess or it's a chosen destiny royalty thing where like you're born with a birthmark and that proves that you are going to be the next king queen prince princess isn't this just the princess diaries (laughs) with Anne Hathaway okay okay I mean, that's a pretty, like, standard setup. Loser gets indicted as a noble, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So which are we feeling? Are we looking for, like, fated destiny prince or princess? Or princess in this case. (laughs) (laughs) No, this woman wants to be a prince. (laughs) Honestly, good for her. Like, Anne Hathaway could do both. Like, I don't... I'm not going to judge her for that. So, like... I feel like destiny is harder to run away from. It is, but do you think this character would? Like, she's finally found a purpose. Because at this moment, I'm thinking she's, like, major weeb. Like, has only, has not seen something that is in anime in, like, three years. Mm -hmm. Maybe five years. So it's like, would she really turn down the question of, do you want to be a princess? Because I feel like that's pretty... It depends on the character's, like, perspective on royalty. Because 
it, there's one of two ways that this can go. It's either, holy crap, I get to be a princess, that's amazing, or there's no fucking way I could pull off being a princess. Oh, that's a good point. And you know what? This character has had it like honed in since birth almost that she's not good enough to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine there to be like so much, like this is a loser. Like they have so much anxiety about doing anything right. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So she's going to fall into that. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. You don't want me. <laughs> like, you must be thinking of literally anybody else. I am incapable of doing anything. <laughs> okay. So then let's talk destiny. Okay. How do you, how do you choose a princess in this day and age? In, in this fantasy day and age? In this fantasy okay. day and age. How do you choose? Um, so do you know what card verse is? card verse i don't think i do okay so it's a universe i don't know how many fandoms it's in a uh, it's a part of but i know it's a part of the hitalia fandom um where you have the suits so you have a king of diamonds a king of spades a king of hearts and they're all like actual people and uh a lot of people decide on who it's going to be by like oh this farmer has a spade birthmark on their collarbone and we have to go find them and once we do that is our king that is our king of spades okay okay so that's what i mean by like oh they have a birthmark that says it is their destiny to be royalty right something okay and you know what that makes sense too because maybe it's something if it's a birthmark then it's something that she's been made fun of for oh yeah like it's something that she's very insecure about okay so she's got some kind of telltale sign that she is supposed to be the, she's the rightful heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who do we have, who do we have coming for her? Do we have like a butler? Do we have another, do we have the queen? Like who is, who is coming to tell this loser like, hey, time for you to get on the throne? I think it depends on the character of queen that we have, because I could imagine that either it's a stick-up-her-ass queen who thinks, like, it's, it's, it's my duty to be queen and I will fulfill my duty and guards go get this person. Or it's a really empathetic queen who's like, I know this is difficult, I'll help you through this, and she Ooh. goes personally. I kind of want an empathetic queen. I mm. feel like we don't get enough of those. We're also straying very close to Princess Diaries. <laughs> so let's, I'm going to skirt that line a bit. So we have a really empathetic queen. Mm-hmm. She shows up personally. Is she much older? Than oh, yeah. Loser? Oh, yeah. Because my idea, my general idea is that they're going to look for this princess because they know the que- they won't have a queen for that long. Right. Okay. So this is like kind old woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So the queen is coming personally. What convinces, obviously, I feel like the story has to go. Like, what convinces our loser to go to the castle? Is it just how nice the queen is? How nice her servants are being? I'm very tempted to say she doesn't have a choice just because of the destiny thing. Was she kidnapped? (laughs) Did they kidnap her? What What if the queen still is, like, super empathetic, but, like the 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 council or whatever does kidnap her because like oh my god i want her to have a heartless butler <laughs> please a butler who just does not care yes it's like oh that's so nice that the queen was sweet to you and told you you had a choice you don't get in the bag get in the bag <laughs> 
No, but she could like be kidnapped before the queen even knew what was going on. Like the council didn't tell her anything. And oh, then suddenly yeah. princess is in the castle. Oh my God, I love that though. It's like the queen is the one to help her out of whatever vehicle she's been transporting. She's like, I am so sorry. They were supposed to ask you. I swear we have morals. We have a protocol. <laughs> it's just not very apparent. Everyone's a little bit panicked. Does queen, does queen have a daughter? Oh, I think she does. Ooh. I think she does. And she wasn't born with the mark. Oh, no. Oh, Do you think that's abnormal? Yeah, extremely. Oh, no. So then, oh. Because you know what's really interesting about this, too, is that um, obviously with the queen's daughter, you know, the real technical princess, like not having a mark there's almost like an implication of like faulty bloodline so it's like there's probably rumors going around the castle like oh the queen didn't sleep with the rightful king or whatever or the queen had a baby and like didn't tell anyone and that's why because second children are never usually chosen to be you know high up so then there's like all these rumors because that makes the queen being like empathetic and nice really difficult Because it's like, well, I don't know if I can trust you because there's so many rumors about you. Mm -hmm. But you're so kind to me that I can't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then how does the the blood princess feel about this? The bloodline princess. Like she's she's not going to be a princess for much longer. But I imagine she's still going to be permitted to live in the castle. Mm Because like that's the bare minimum. I almost want like this princess the birth princess to also have a birthmark but like it's the wrong birthmark and they spent forever obsessing over like no it's the right one i swear right there's just like something so like slightly off about it yeah like it's uh, a corner of it is too high by a centimeter mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah because that could set up uh, an interesting dynamic between the bloodline princess and our loser princess and that yeah. like neither of them have ever been particularly right for something Oh, yeah. Because even though, like, Loser, she's still, she may technically be, like, the rightful princess, but she's not princess Mm -hmm. material at all. Oh, yeah. And I imagine, like, because this birth princess had a birthmark, she believed growing up that she was going to become queen. And then suddenly she wasn't. Right. So then, because I feel like it's very easy to set up a, oh, well, she hates Loser now. And she's going to be mean to her. I feel like that's the that's a cop out. Mm. I think feelings are more complicated than that. I think the bloodline princess is a lot quieter mm. because she like this was her fate. She always knew deep down that she wasn't right for this role, but that doesn't make it hurt any less. Mm-hmm. I want this princess to believe very strongly in destiny. Yeah, the birth princess. Mm-hmm. Like it's really painful that she's not gonna grow up and be queen. But what can you do? That's destiny for you. Yeah. So she's going to do everything for, uh, uh, for, what are we calling her? Oh, our loser princess. For our loser princess so that she can become what she needs to be and hate every second of it. But Yeah, but she won't, you know what? She's not going to let that show at all. Like, it'll no. be the most pained smile, but she will, like, grin and bear it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because there's a lot of tension in that and hating someone so much, but you can't ever tell them and you won't ever tell them. Mm -hmm. Because then I think we have a scene where Loser Princess walks in on fucking uh, Blood Princess just like 
chewing her lip or even like spewing blood somehow like she's just so angry by this her body is rejecting this in every mm-hmm. step of the way it's so violent and visceral it's just like oh she's so angry i want there to be such a violent confrontation between the two of them where where uh loser princess is just like please tell me what's wrong talk to me why are you mad at me right and she can't she can't yeah. verbalize that because it's destiny yeah Ooh, until the point where she does, and that'll be, like, our, our story's climax. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Well, who else are we working with? Because we have the empathetic queen, who I imagine is dying, like she's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our typical heartless butler, who's sort of just doing heartless butler things. Do we have a love interest for Loser Princess? I feel like we always do. Um. So, okay, so if Princess is destined by birthmark i feel like prince would be too that makes sense yeah so there's a prince out there on a farm because they're always on a farm always on a farm and i love them for that (laughs) there's some prince on a farm who also gets kidnapped and two kidnappies oh my god but maybe they found the prince a little earlier so he's been doing this for a couple months and he's like yeah i sure i sure feel who i say i am the prince yeah, I love that he's like a little bit more in his element just because there it gets a little dichotomy there since he kind of knows what he's doing and she's like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. But you know, I think the princes like the royal family, I think they hate him. I think he's too nice. He's too charming. He's not quite uh, prince material. Because like when you think because the loser is prince ma- princess material. Yeah. But I think, like, the loser princess is surrounded by people who just genuinely believe in destiny. And they believe that, while she may not seem like it, she is the right person to lead this kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think the prince is just a lot harder to see. Because I think it's just, when you think of a king, you typically end up thinking of um, tactical generals, in a sense. Because, like, you have to lead yeah. your, you know, medieval army on to the next. So it's like, they really thought that this farm boy was, like... Please have his climax be hurting an army. <laughs> Oh my god. Using sheep tactics. Yes. Please, please. What an amazing man. I love him. God, okay. So that's his class. You know, I think he's like an incredibly <laughs> successful character. I don't even want him to have character flaws, honestly. Like, he can be two dimensional as hell. I think it's okay. Let him have it. Let the farm boy be farm boy. He's as dorky and cute and scrawny, but damn if he can butcher a cow. God, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? They talk about it over dinner. Like, either Loser Princess is over there and like overhears this conversation, but like the Princess family is making very uh, passive-aggressive comments like, oh, like he's never seen bloodshed before. And out of nowhere, like he just starts um, berating the chef for like uh, butchering a cow wrong. Yeah. He's like, you're supposed to save every part of it. Like use all of the innards in this like recipe. It's a lot What did you do with the eyeball, sir? It's my favorite part. Oh my, yeah. Like if you could actually save the eyeballs, I'd like to marinate them. Like I love how squishy they are. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And he's so gross and he keeps like telling these things to loser princess too because you know that's his character flaw he's way too comfortable yes (laughs) he's a little too okay sharing this information (laughs) would you like to try one with me loser princess oh and she's like no (laughs) it's so good because that's also where we have an interesting scene where bloodline princess is like yeah i'll try it because whatever this is the destined prince Mm. sitting next to the destined princess i'm already upset like i may as well 
I actually wait. I actually kind of love that dichotomy where loser princess like has no idea what she's doing, and then we have farmer prince who's like, sure, let's just go with it. Yeah, like, I'm, let's just do it. Just do it. Just do anything. Just let's eat eyeballs. Like let's eat eyeballs. Let's herd an army. Like let's screw all other tactics like this is military engagement it just comes so naturally to him but it's so like wrong oh extremely it's so unorthodox but it's good Mm-hmm. i just love it yeah oh man i also like you could play on so many different romantic tropes with that couple too mm-hmm. like if they were to go stargazing and he like points to a star and he's like you know what that one means she's like no and he goes me neither (laughs) (laughs) like he's just and like you could there are two ways you could play it where it's like oh well maybe the point is that you don't need to know what things mean you don't need to know exactly where your destiny lines up and how you are perfect for it but just know that you are Mm -hmm. and that you just have to keep being yourself or maybe he's just an airhead and we love him for that too i love the idea of this council like forcibly putting the two on dates Oh my god, yeah. Because you know what? Heartless Butler is such a romantic. Like, he... Because they have to get together. They're destined for each other. Right. And you know, I feel like everyone is so concerned because the prince is, like, so dorky. And Loser Princess is dorky, but in the socially awkward way. So it's like, how are we going to get these two together? Dorky introvert meets dorky extrovert. And she's like, it's such a terrible combination. And everyone is so stressed and these two are just oblivious. Mm Mm-hmm. God, be so cute. Oh, I want one part of the narrative once they get comfortable to each other. Someone's like really yelling at them or mad at them or something, and uh, and loser princess hides behind. Oh my the god! Prince. I love, especially if that's like earlier on, because then I'd love a a parallel scene later where he's hiding behind her, oh. or they just give each other like a knowing look and just sort of laugh it off. Yeah. Like, showing that they've grown fully confident in themselves and in that relationship. Yeah. Like, oh, that'd be so cute. But yeah, I think that's that's that for now. I would I would want to give that a happy ending, personally. I don't think there's yeah. a point in ending that tragically. Yeah, that story feels like it has a happy ending to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely, I hope the best for Bloodline Princess, because I do love oh, her yeah. character. Oh, yeah, yeah. So don't write her tragically. Mm-hmm. I will know, and I will find you. I feel like she becomes, like, a part of the royal council. Oh, yeah, she does. Like, she gets some important role. Like, she's right hand to the queen. Like, there's nowhere else she could be. Yeah. I think they have a conversation where Loser Princess is just like, a queen is just a figurehead. Yeah. Like, I don't have the ideals that you do. I need you, and you need me, so let's work together. And you need me. And you need me. So, like, let's, you know. What an amazing story. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good ending. Thank you for listening to that prompt. We will see you guys after the break. Stick around. You're required. (laughs) By law. I hope you all enjoyed that first segment as much as I had. So, like last episode, I'm going to use this break as a little PSA. For those of you who are listening... One of the best ways that you can support this podcast is by sharing it with friends and family, by sharing it with whoever you think would enjoy this podcast. One of the things that we're really trying to do is get the word out that Off the Notepad is 
the show that you should be listening to. And we hope that our listeners are willing to put that message out there as well. Now, getting on to this next segment, I do want to say I did not forget to hit record, but when Victoria and Halika are ranting about random topics for a little bit, it's uh, kind of one of those things you don't hit record until they're on track. That's all I wanted to say. I hope you all enjoy this next segment, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hi, welcome back to Off the Notepad. Our producer forgot to hit record again. But we're here, and you're here, and that's what counts. It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Please reasonably space out this episode from Christmas. I don't want it to line up at all. (laughs) Well, I think this episode's coming out like two or three weeks after. Good as it should. (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Okay, so... I have a character. What do I have for you? I have a protagonist for you. You sure do. <laughs> let's let's hear that protagonist. All right. So our protagonist. Do you know what a cambion is? Do I know what a cambion is? I don't think I do. What is a cambion? Okay. So a cambion is a. Uh, shall I call it a creature? That is half devil, half human. Most commonly, it's from an incubus or a succubus that uh, raped someone on Earth, and so they had a child. But it doesn't have to be. It can be a regular devil and a human. Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. So my protagonist is a Cambian raised on Earth. A Cambian raised on Earth. Okay. I kind of have a slice of life prompt for you. Which is going to make things very interesting. Okay. Okay. Your protagonist is an artist, and they are just hitting the greatest part of their career. But one fateful night, they lose all of their work in a massive fire and must grapple with the decision to start over. Oh, no. So we have this Cambion. Mm-hmm. Who is an artist. <laughs> loses all of their work. How did they lose all of their work? See, originally when writing down this prompt, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a sad accidental building burning. But since it's a Cambion, like, do we have, is there like a demon vendetta? Is there, how aware is this world of demons? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Because the world could very well be like, fuck demons. My other thought was like, Maybe this character's demon parent is like, why don't you live with me? Why the fuck are you living on Earth? Yeah, like, why don't you ever stay here? So maybe the demon parent is very, like, manipulative. Oh, yeah. The overarching plot is they burn down, like... Everything. (laughs) Yes, the studio apartment, like, in the hopes of trying to get their child to join them back in hell. Could be interesting. What if this child, like, started becoming labeled an arsonist because of this? Oh, because this has happened several times. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so now they're being suspected of... Which is even more of a re- from the demon's point of view, even more of a reason for the Cambion to come join them in hell. Right. What is there for the Cambion in hell? Like, does the parent just want them there? Does the parent just want them to, like, be a demon together? Like, what is the... What is the goal on the parent's side? I want you to come join me in hell, but why? I don't know. Maybe the demon just wants to be a parent. Oh, 
but they don't know how to. Yeah. So that's why. That's why they're burning <laughs> shit. Like it's they're just so bad at this. They don't know how to say, I wish you'd just come visit me on Christmas. <laughs> okay, okay. I love the idea of a demon celebrating Christmas. This is really good. <laughs> I just wish you would come home for the holidays. No, for Christmas. We're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. In hell. It's a funny notion, but then it's also kind of like, do demons believe in Jesus? Like, how does that work from a religion standpoint? From a religion standpoint, I think Jesus just, like, exists. Right. So, like, what would you have to celebrate? Maybe it's a day where they just laugh at Jesus. (laughs) They build like the the little uh, barn and the baby the Jesus, manger. and then they burn it. And they burn it. They're terrible. It is hell. Oh, okay. In any case, <laughs> I want you to come. I want you to come to hell, but I want you to stay forever, right? Like that's what the parent wants. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why the parent keeps burning all the shit. Like I don't want you to be an artist. I'm sick of you being up there. <laughs> is the human parent still alive? I'm kind of tempted to say the demon killed them. I think so, too. I think it was an accident. Like, it was, they were just burning the building because they wanted their kid back. And, like, the human was not, they didn't want to. The human was like, I want, I want our kid to have a happy life on Earth. Yeah. And the demon was like, no. No. And like, give me, I want down here. I want my child. Yeah, it could be like a romantic tragedy. I guess it wouldn't be very romantic to burn your lover. But like, just the idea that I want you to come live in hell with me. I want you to raise our child down here and we can be happier here. And for a human or just any lover to say, but I want a life up here. And if you're not willing to compromise, I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking in itself. Oh my God. Do you, does, does. Does our protagonist know they're a Cambian? At least at first. I think they kind of... Hmm. I think they do. Like, okay. I think there's something that's, like, ever so slightly off about them. Mm-hmm. So they're aware. Because I, I think they get the whiny calls from hell. Yeah. The, I want you to come down here. And the Cambian's like, no, I have to be an artist. Because I'm curious what... If they broke off, like, tragically like that, what mom would is it mom what mom would say about demon oh god it's usually mom (laughs) because dad is just like a mess so mom and dad okay yeah so i'm just curious what mom would say about demon because like it's kind of tragic to tell your kid like no your dad didn't want to compromise he didn't want to come live with us up here like i wouldn't want to tell that to my child you wouldn't want to, but I also kind of see this mother as, like, I don't, I really want to martyr her. Like, I want her to be so gentle and patient, and I want her to be, like, your father was a difficult man, uh, but he had a very strong will, and that was something I loved about him. Yeah. But I don't love that about him anymore, and that's why we live here, and not in hell. <laughs> like a four-year-old, like, uh-huh. Whatever that means. <laughs> and then they get the first call from daddy. Oh, mm. you actually meant hell, ma. Like, oh, wow. You weren't. I see the brimstone. I see the flames. 
does Demon kidnap this five-year-old child to show them home? I think, I don't even think he has to kidnap them. I think it's like a... You want to see a puppy? (laughs) You want to see a... There's corpses everywhere. Daddy, what's that? Well, that was Jim. I killed him last week. That was your puppy that just died. Oh, it's like the same thing, right? Oh my god, I just love this out of touch father. Um, that I love that as like the very first scene, like a kid loses their first dog, and they obviously children are like sad about that. Like, no, my dog is gone. I loved him, and then fucking demon dad comes up from the abyss of hell. Like, do you want to go see your puppy? They're still they're still alive. They're you can still, go see yeah. them. I know a place where you can still see them. Because you know, that'd be kind of funny if just to have, uh, like, there are um, almost court-appointed visits to hell. So it's like, I love the idea of the Cambian, like... Is this Persephone? <laughs> that'd be funny. Um, I like the idea of, like, as a child having to go to hell every so often, maybe on the weekends or whatever, um, and just seeing your dead dog, <laughs> like, just skipping around hell and never changing Mm Because that dog in itself becomes a metaphor for the ways that your father never saw you growing up. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, demon lifespans are in eternities, not years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course your dog never changed, because why would you change? Mm -hmm. So it it genuinely does become a coming-of-age story, but it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So, does our where does our story start? Is it starting at my all of my art burned down and then we get flashbacks? I think so. Okay. Because I think I don't think the Cambian has put two and two together that Dad is burning down the buildings I live in. Gotcha. Because I feel like there's, I like the idea that there are multiple like Cambians in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, like demons and humans interact very regularly. Angels and humans do not. Okay. Because I like the rift that um, heaven is untouchable, but hell is right there. Mm. Okay. Okay. So it's like demons and humans have been intermingling for a while. So I almost wanted to start off as like a, a mystery in that, well, was this a Cambian hate crime? Because, I mean, obviously they think that he's also an arsonist. So then playing into that and what that looks like, <laughs> when in truth, it's just daddy issues from the other end. <laughs> That'd be interesting playing it off as almost like a mystery story. And then you get little snippets of like the demon calls their kid. Hey, how you doing? You want to come over for dinner? Fuck you, dad. Yeah, like dad, I figured it out. Give me my art back. (laughs) And having like that final very classic scene where it's like he does go down to hell and he says, I'm never coming back here. Oh, no. Like, I hate you for what you did. And it's your fault that mom's dead. And he's like, mom's dead? Because <gasps> no! you know what? He doesn't know. He doesn't no! know. Because it's very like Dante's Inferno where the, I bet Demon Dad doesn't know because she never went to hell. Mm-hmm. She went to the one place where no one can reach. Yeah. Yeah, and she would. She would. And I think that makes her a little more hateable in that respect because like, Demon Dad is so bitter. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even join me when your time on earth was done. Oh yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. You would have to throw in like a lot of uh red herrings too. Like Oh yeah. Cambian hate groups, uh yeah. a love interest who's like 
performative activism. Like, I'm with the Cambian because. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Some really interesting racial commentary. I can't be discriminatory. My best friend's a Cambian. Oh, my God. My best friend's a Cambian. <laughs> oh. Mm-mm. Cambians in the workplace and what that looks like. Oh, yeah. What makes these Cambians different? I think they have to have, like, a... I want, like, the classic demon features. Yeah. Horns, a tail. Yeah. The things that are hideable, but, like, not quite. Mm. Because I almost want our protagonist to look human enough to, like, get by. Yeah. So it's weird to him that he's targeted, because he's never been targeted. Yeah. Maybe he has, like, small horns, and he's really more of a beanie guy. Yeah, yeah. So it just kind of works out. Or even just, like, a, a couple, like, burned skid marks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, yeah. scales. Anything like that. Scales. He wears long sleeves. Mm-hmm. He's got the emo look down because he's an artist. Look, yeah. Or just, like, a tail he shoves in, like, his pants. Like, no one's going to know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it even acts as a belt. Like, it's not. <laughs> I love that. A tail is a belt. Oh. I don't know. So the story, does it just end? Like, or is that the climax where he like yells at his dad, I'm not coming to hell. I hate you. You're why mom died. I feel like that's almost the end. And then if we wanted it to have a happy ending, demon comes up to earth and just, just lives on earth. And he's like, if you ever want to come see me, I'm living in this apartment. I'm going to be here. You know, even better. I think we do like a, Maybe a time skip at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe our protagonist is much older now, and he's accumulated a proper life's amount of work, and he has a gallery. Mm-hmm. And his dad comes to the gallery. Oh, yes. It's just like, it's a moment where maybe, you know what they're doing? They're looking at a portrait he made of his mom. Yes. That's what he's doing. Oh, my God. Throughout this whole time, like, a uh, starving artist became successful because of an anonymous buyer. Oh my god, it was Demon Dad! It was Demon Dad! Oh, that would break my heart. Like, finally realizing I need to stop supporting him as my child and I need to start supporting him as who he is. Yeah. Because that's so... Father-son story. Or father-daughter. Either way works. (laughs) Demon Cambion. Demon Cambion. Like, ugh. That would be such, like, an emotional ride, especially hitting that part where they're in the gallery. It's like, yeah. you're the one who's been buying my work. You're the one who's been giving me work to buy. <laughs> like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how this goes from essential murder mystery to... <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> to, oh, son. Oh, dad. Reconnecting <laughs> families. Yeah, I mean, you could really just tell, like, the prompt alone, talking about the life of an artist struggling to put themselves back together is, like, it's interesting in itself. But I just, I love the Cambian aspect to it, because it's like, you're dealing with an identity crisis on major proportions. Like, you don't know who you are, you don't know where you fit in, and the one thing you did know is now gone. Your art is gone. Mm -hmm. Because I also love the idea that you never really see the Cambian's work until that final scene. Yeah. You never know what his medium is. And he's just like, 
he doesn't know what his medium is anymore because everything is just gone. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Everyone in the room nods at each other. <laughs> yeah. Just happily over the father-son dynamic. <laughs> you better be nodding over the airwaves as well. Mm. I'll be upset if you didn't join us for that. We can see you. We're watching right now. We're always watching. Creepiness aside, thanks so much for listening. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like, you made it all the way to episode six, seven. Are we on eight? Eight. I think we're on eight. You made it to one of these episodes. Yeah, it's crazy to have you here. <laughs> That's so wild. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We do indeed have an Instagram now. You can follow us, DM, DM us your ideas. It's off the notepad, no spaces. No spaces. And you can just direct your questions to our Gmail, which I believe is still off the notepad at Gmail. Yep. So if you have any prompts you want us to talk about or, I don't know, questions about life that won't get answered... Send them our way. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.